Okay, welcome back. This is a really brief episode I'm recording here today, Friday, September 10th. Tomorrow, as we all know, will be the 20th anniversary of the terrorist attacks on September 11th, 2001. Just the other night, I was, fittingly, uh, sitting in an airport waiting on a flight, and I was thinking back, not to that day, but actually just a few weeks prior. So when I was still in high school, and for the summer between my freshman and sophomore years of college, I had this really amazingly awesome job working for a company called Midway Airlines. Uh, This is a company that's long since gone out of business, but back then, I was one of the ground crew guys that you see directing, towing, loading aircraft. And when I started, I didn't even have a high school diploma, because I was still in high school. Yet, astonishingly enough, they, they trusted me to tow $30 million airplanes, gave me a badge that allowed me to bypass airport security. But best of all, they let me fly anywhere I wanted, as much as I wanted, all for free. So on my days off, that's exactly what I did every single week. One of my favorite places to visit was, of course, New York City. In fact, my very last trip, just days before I returned to college, was to New York. Generally, I would fly in early in the morning and return the same night because, as a college student, I didn't have enough money to get a hotel in Manhattan. And this was just an ordinary day like any other, except that my sister was with me that day. As a bonus benefit with this job, my family members also got to fly for free. I don't remember at all what we did that day, but I do remember our last stop before heading back to the airport. Underneath the World Trade Center towers, there was a mall and a subway station. I remember just before we went into was probably the North Tower, looking up. And from that vantage point, the building really did appear to rise endlessly above you. It was just an incredible sight, and unfortunately, one I would never see again. So we went below, jumped on the subway, and headed back to LaGuardia. It was just another ordinary day, except it was mid-August. You know, we had no idea that in just a few short weeks, both towers and thousands of innocent people would be gone forever. Now, I've never considered that day to be a close call or anything. I mean, I traveled quite a bit then, as I do now, for work, and people travel in and out of New York all the time. But I found myself this week thinking a little more about that day and thinking about the people we walked past. I found a few pictures yesterday in a box in my basement, and the blurry background silhouettes, those are real people. And real people with real families, real lives. And it's reasonable to expect that some of those people we walked past were people who were only looking at a few more weeks ahead. Now, don't despair. I'm actually going to end this story in a very short episode with something a little more hopeful. You see, that December, I was back home on winter break from college. And on the spur of the moment, I told my dad I was going to go make a trip to New York. I guess to pay my respects, but quite honestly, probably just because I wanted to see it for myself. I think a lot of people did. To my surprise, he wasn't a big traveler outside of work, but he said he would actually join me. And so now, no longer an airline employee, but as an actual paying passenger, I bought some tickets and we headed out. This was my first time on an airplane since the attacks. I don't recall being worried about it, though. Uh, At that point, nothing had happened since the attacks. And as it turns out, unknown to the other passengers, but known to me, the guy sitting next to me was an armed federal agent. And I can never remember my dad actually traveling armed on a plane during family trips, but, but he was now because we were in a very different world. Now, just to fit the mood, it was a rainy, cold winter day in Manhattan when we arrived in December. We left the airport and headed straight down to lower Manhattan, ended up walking the last portion because I think the subway, because it was damaged during the attacks, we can only get so far and um, finished on foot. They had built a viewing platform overlooking what was called Ground Zero. And just that week, they had started issuing tickets for the platform. Obviously, these weren't for sale. They were just for safety and crowd control because more and more people were coming. Unfortunately, I didn't know this. And when we arrived, the tickets were already fully issued for that afternoon. Now, my dad was never a guy who flashed his badge. 
But coming here, after all, was the whole reason for the trip. So my dad approached an NYPD officer standing by the police barricade, and he introduced himself, subtly pulled out his badge, and asked very politely if we could be let through. For the rest of my life, I will never forget what happened next. She looked us both in the eye, shook her head, and said, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. My dad was visibly embarrassed. He backed off a little bit, said, that's okay, no problem, I understand, and we both started to turn away. Then she smiled and said, I'm just messing with you guys, come on in. Then she pushed the barricade out of the way, waved us through to the other officer saying, these guys are good. Now imagine that. Imagine all that city had been through. Imagine where we were standing. Imagine what this police officer had been through. 71 New York City police officers died during the attacks. She must have known some. Yet still, in that moment, at that time, she had a sense of humor. (laughs) Just doesn't get any more New York than that. What What an amazing place. Anyway, we walked up to the viewing platform and... The moment was as raw as it could get. Even months later in December, they were still pulling out human remains, and that's exactly what we witnessed before us that morning. We stood there for a long time, never said one word to each other. Uh, even today, I really don't have any more words to describe it. It's, it just was. So we left, went about our day. It was raining. I think we might have gotten, went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, then we left and flew home. That's my story. That's really all I have to say, but I'm going to leave you with something that I think is just as unforgettable to me as that NYPD officer's humor and resilience that day. Uh, I have to say I found this the other night and started choking up when I saw it. Uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable. This is an ABC News clip that aired only a few days after the, t- the attacks. This is Buckingham Palace, and um, I'll leave you with that. Take care. We'll see you here for the next episode. And here is something visually which we've been talking about in our coverage earlier today, which I must tell you we were really looking forward to. We saw a report earlier today that at Buckingham Palace in London, where Queen Elizabeth II lives when she is in London, the Coldstream Guards, who change the guard, not the Coldstream Guards, but they change the guard every day at Buckingham Palace, as we know, and we are told that at the request of the Queen, the Coldstream Guards band played the Star Spangled Banner. Let's listen. Thanks for joining us on Peer Spectrum. Please support the show by writing a review on iTunes and join the conversation at PeerSpectrum.com. Keep up with the latest episodes and share your ideas with us on Twitter, Facebook, or email at PeerSpectrum.com.